Louise McSharry on 2FM. It is time for How to Be an Adult. And if you listen every week, you know that this slot is called How to Be an Adult because we try and talk about things that maybe you feel like you should have picked up along the way or something you should have gotten into a long time ago, but you just kind of missed. And I was thinking about it recently and I thought that it would be a good idea for us to talk about art because I think that sometimes if you grow up in a house where you have parents who are super into art or the arts in general, um, then you are going to have it in your life from day one. But if you don't, it can sometimes feel like that's for those people and it's not for me. And one person who I know thinks that art is for everyone is Sinead Cathy Rice, who is head of education at the National Gallery of Ireland. And she joins me now. Hello, Sinead. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. I was just thinking about that. Like, I do, yes, I do think it can... I think it can be for everyone. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. don't believe in like everybody having to be into no. art or different strains of it. But for example, I 100% was not somebody who was brought up in an art world, let's mm. say, like totally uh, regular family my parents were super supportive of all of us though in terms of what we wanted to do and I was really lucky to have that but it's not that I was brought to galleries and museums and stuff I just really enjoyed art and making from like primary school up and then I remember going to the National Gallery on a school trip and thinking oh my God, who gets to work here? Who gets to be around this? What is this? And it blew my mind completely and I went and did a PLC after uh, secondary school. And I think also it was like finding the stuff that makes you happy. So when I was in school, especially the second half of secondary school, art, history and English were where it was for me. Like they were the place that I felt happiest and felt most myself. Yeah. And so I'm super, super lucky that my parents supported me studying that because it wasn't an obvious career path. Do you know what I mean? And they obviously had huge concerns in terms of well, like, what will she do? Yeah. <laughs> Rightly so. <laughs> yeah. And like uh, everyone in the country who did an arts degree, their parents were like, what? Oh, yeah, completely. Even if you were doing like English and psychology, oh, they yeah. were still like, it's where's like the it's job? It's like, it's so loose. Like, what's yeah. the job? Where's yeah. the job? Oh, my dad, she's my dad used to, honestly, I'm sure his stress levels at me. Now, luckily, I have three other siblings and they all did uh, good job gigs. <laughs> so <laughs> they were fine. So I was the only wild card, really, that he had to worry about. But um, I did my PLC. And when I did the PLC I, uh, in Dublin, I started to go into places like we used to go to the Chester Beatty uh, well what's now the Chester Beatty Library but I think it was on Anglesey Road or somewhere it was his house I got to engage with these art objects mm. so not only were they these incredible art objects but they were like telling me something about a particular culture a time a place Now when you say art objects what does that mean? So I suppose people think about art in different ways and uh, I guess the difference being say for example in the gallery where we in the National Gallery where we would have paintings or an image where you have mm. um, I suppose types of art in the Chester Beatty Library they would have things that would have been designed with a function in mind as well so I suppose okay. they're more like an art or a design object Okay. but for me I had never encountered anything like that and mm. we used to study them and draw directly from them so like working from an object mm. that opened my mind to this whole other world beyond mm. painting and drawing and photography that I didn't know about and then I studied fine art and design um, in D it was like a two year course it doesn't exist anymore but um, it was really broad mm. and I loved all the different elements I loved fashion I loved textiles I loved printmaking and like typography photography mm. all of it and then but I knew I wanted to study fine art so I went to Crawford and because What's of Crawford? this Crawford? Oh sorry Crawford is in Cork so it's okay. Crawford College of Art and Design uh-huh. It's a really beautiful old art college right in Cork City Centre uh-huh. It's really close to everything as well They have an amazing print department I adored it I loved my time there yeah. But through that then obviously you make connections with people you start going to exhibition openings You also what 
massively happened for me was it started to demystify it a bit. Yeah, because you know this, what I mean? is, this is the thing. I think I think a path that some people find themselves on is art sometimes when you're a kid is are you good at drawing things? Yeah, yeah. And so if you're a kid and you're not good at drawing things yeah. or the person beside you is better, you can kind of go, oh, I'm not an art person. Yeah. And then you have detached from art and you don't choose to do it or properly yeah. engage with it through school. And so then you go into adulthood and yeah. you're like, oh, that's art for them, but not for me. Yeah, know, and yeah. there does sometimes feel like there's a mystery or like a level of intellect or you need a certain yeah. level of knowledge to engage with it, which is why I kind of wanted to have that uh-huh this conversation and I think there's way too much worry over that as well I think there's a misconception that you need to be able to understand it or read it or know the whole backstory or the context of how something came to be or what it's talking about in the first place and I think there's also there is this I don't know like I don't turn on the radio and stress over the fact that I can't play a violin or a piano or something in order to absolutely lose it to a tune that doesn't bother me in any way you know what I mean or I don't go to the theatre and think oh god I can't sing so I can't enjoy this but there's something there with art and I think it, it it also was a thing over time and I think that was to do with people, I suppose, applying ideas of aesthetics and what is beautiful and all of that to art where actually I think if you go back to the, like I suppose, the origins of how you engage with something, so the idea of engaging with our senses, I think that's there with art and I think art can be something that makes you feel. Mm. I think it can be something that you can respond to kind of, you know, quite through your body almost. So you can have it, you can have a feeling, you can have an actual kind of um, an emotional response or it can be something that makes you think. Mm. Or it can be something that leaves you completely dead. Like it doesn't, there's plenty of work that I engage with that does nothing for me. Mm. But for every one of those pieces, there'd be something else that actually struck me in some way. But I think there is definitely too much worry for people in terms of do I understand it and what does it do and how should I engage with it? Yeah, am I having the right response? Yeah, exactly. And I think that unfortunately some of that as well is because of how art is presented to us a lot of the time. So Mm. I mean, by virtue of going through the doors of a museum, you feel a bit different. Like it's different than going to a club and hearing music. And music, as you say, like music is piped through the radio. So it's so accessible. Yeah. you kind of need to bring yourself to see art let's yeah. say even though like you were mentioned this morning most people have art in some form in their houses yeah. people have prints or they have their own photography or whatever and I'm not saying for one second that there isn't different levels of art and you know what I mean of course there are people that have spent their entire life honing their skills there are works in museums all around the world and all around the country that have stood the test of time over hundreds and hundreds of years because mm. there's such incredible objects Mm. and they've survived famine and war and fire and everything and something about them was so important that somebody kept them and I think it's really important that we have that but there's also this whole other world of art that doesn't have to be engaged with in that way that Mm. you can um, you can pick up and engage with more lightly and I think actually something cool that came out of COVID uh, (laughs) (laughs) what was cool that came out of COVID but you know by virtue of the fact that people couldn't go anywhere Everywhere obviously started putting their stuff online. Mm. Now, I mean, it reached saturation point, of course. But what was brilliant about that, and we saw it in the gallery. I mean, um, as I saying, I'm still on maternity leave, so my team in there are doing phenomenal stuff. But what we absolutely saw was you would have people like, for example, the National Cultural Institutions, most of them are in Dublin. Right mm. Now, one thing that is phenomenal is they are free. And mm. we are really lucky in Ireland to have that. If you go to uh, the UK or you go to Europe or whatever, you've usually got to pay just to get in the door. And that's already a factor against yeah, people engaging with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a, you know, it's a, it's a wedge like for people. So the fact that our 
national cultural institutions are free is phenomenal and I would encourage and they're open seven days a week and all the rest of it, and I would be encouraging people to visit them absolutely mm. own them that's you know that's the national they collection. belong to you yeah, they belong to you absolutely yeah. but um Obviously, if you live down in, you know, West Kerry or somewhere like that, there's a, there's a geographical thing there as well. It's not just finance. Yeah. But what we found when we started putting content uh, online was we, because, I mean, I don't know, not me, but the boffins mm-hmm. <laughs> are able to track how people are looking at it or where they are. Yeah. And we had this phenomenal national uptake, but also international uptake on what was happening. And I thought, geez, that's so cool that like, and I'm not saying for one second, because I'm a big believer in this, there is no substitute for the real thing. Like yeah. coming in and seeing something in real life Mm. but I love the idea that somebody's sitting in their house having a cup of tea and they're actually able to look on their screen and engage with say an amazing art appreciation course that's happening or just go in and zoom in on a work from the collection or listen to a podcast or whatever it is and that maybe that would make them feel that little bit more comfortable when they actually come up. Yeah well let's talk about actually so let's say someone's listening and they've never been to a gallery or they've Mm -hmm. never been to any of the the national cultural institutions that you're mentioning Um. And they're a bit scared. Yeah. Like, I think that's out there sometimes. People think, oh, I don't know. How long do you have to spend at each painting? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. how, you know, how does it work? Do you just walk in? And like, yeah. you know, it can be a bit kind of scary. Yeah. But it really is. You just walk in and do whatever you want. I mean, within reason. Obviously. Yeah. Don't lick them. <laughs> don't touch anything. Yeah. <laughs> don't lick them. Don't take them. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it is. You you do walk in and you find your own path. But I know that that's easy for me to say because I'm so comfortable in it. Like, I was chatting to your producer and I was just saying, you know, for my son, he's been going to the gallery since he was born. Yeah. So he has a completely different, um, I suppose, approach to museums in general. Yeah. Like he's gas. He just expects museums. Whereas yeah. I did not have that. I was so nervous the first time I went into a museum. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to stand. Yeah. And they feel quite austere a lot yeah. of the time as well, you know. So I would say for one thing, for especially for the main museums and galleries around the country, there is an onus on them to reach out, to create opportunities for people to engage. And I mean the broader sense of audiences to engage and a myriad of opportunities, not just talks or workshops or something, but thinking, right, how can we make real connections with the community and stuff like that? There is an onus on them. But there's a point then where it's also up to the individual, I think, to try and kind of take that step. And I think if you go outside of the capital, which for the vast majority of people, obviously they live outside the capital, I'm from Wexford originally, there, you know, all around Ireland, there are art spaces, there are community art centres or their community spaces, there are local authority galleries, there are independent art centres. Mm. And for a lot of them, it's a combination then. So you might have visual art, but you'll have performance art, you'll have music as well. And they all happen in the one space. And I have to say for me, growing up in Wexford, that's how I would have been introduced, I suppose, to visual art in the first instance. I would have gone to Wexford Art Centre for gigs. Mm. So all the lads I knew were all in like grunge bands mm-hmm. and we used to go on a Friday night and it was mega like it was yeah. it was the it was the centre of what we did but when you're going in the space had art as well obviously do you yeah. know what I mean and it, it fe- I suppose it was my first introduction to a space that housed art yeah. do you know I suppose it's funny because what I'm thinking about is it's almost like you have to give yourself permission that you are entitled to be in any art space that you yeah. want to be in and also I think that Sometimes you know you if you watch films if your if your experience of of fine art say yeah. is watching films 
and um, you know watching TV, you're gonna get a notion that art people are kind of hoity-toity <laughs> and they are kind of gatekeeping. You know, this is what is art, this is what isn't art. I'm in charge of who's an yeah. artist and whatever. But actually, my experience of people who who actually work in art and who love art and are passionate about art is that they want more the most people the most people to possibly you know experience their work or yeah. get involved in art or have art in their lives yeah oh I would agree absolutely but also I think it's a language thing it's a vocabulary thing so yeah. in any study in any field when you go further up the chain you know when people are getting really specialist of course there's particular language and words and everything like I mean I couldn't even dream of going beyond a very basic level in anything to do with science yeah so like if I want to find out something about science or like my son is obsessed with dinosaurs if I want to do something like that I'm looking at David Atten documentaries or I'm Googling stuff and looking on YouTube or whatever. I have to say, like, for me, then that is also how I would encourage people maybe to approach art in the beginning. Like, I mean, there's brilliant programs on Channel 4, on BBC 4. Mm. There's so many podcasts out there, like the Gallery do podcasts, but like loads of places do. And then there's also, I think, again, when we think about the demystifying, uh, or, you know, you were saying about if you're in school and you can't draw, this is something that came up so much. So originally when I like I trained as an art teacher, a million years ago after I had done my degree and what we talked about all the time was like different tools for different people mm. different disciplines for different people I could have a kid in the class who was not particularly good at drawing because they would be absolutely consumed with the idea that it doesn't look like what's in front of yeah, me Yeah, that was me Yeah, yeah. And, and it's really overwhelming for that to happen because you have you feel like you have to record it as accurately as possible now there's magic in not recording it that way do you know what I mean yeah. in being able to interpret it yourself and what's beautiful with kids is that kids don't have that yet mm. as we get older obviously we get quite tight and we kind of we get concerned about what someone's going to think about it mm. and also does it look exactly that way when you have young kids they just kind of go for it which is mm. magic but I could hand the same kid printmaking um, tools or I could hand them clay mm. and it would be a different thing altogether. It's like, it's honestly, it's like finding your language. Yeah. There's very few artists that can work across every discipline. Yeah. Like it's, that would be quite a rarity. Yeah. Most artists find their voice, let's say, like a musician finds a particular instrument or yeah. whatever. And then that's what they go with. Yeah. And so I think it's important, I suppose, like, you know, that again is part of the demystifying. Yeah. So I guess also having somebody that can help. So like, for example, if you want to get into it, if you know anybody who's into art, I would be asking them because it's like going to your first gig. Like if you've never been to, I don't know, a punk gig or something like that, but you go to someone who's into it. Um, it's like a comfort thing, even yeah. into it. So if you know somebody who's into art, if you're living in, I don't know, whatever, regional town or anything like that in Ireland, the National Library Network is brilliant because they do talks and stuff as well and they have amazing resources obviously in terms of books mm. um, and uh, I suppose research collections and stuff like that but even just looking at um, books that introduce you to art and you know the, the history of art and 50 works or something mm. like that is lovely but lots of local art centres would do talks and stuff as well and then you have a huge amount of courses like again there is no substitute for the real thing but I, I think that online element that really just took over out of COVID so like MoMA, Tate all of them ourselves in the National Gallery loads of spaces started doing online um, activity and mm. a huge amount of it is free mm. and that's something like if I dip into it at home and I'm not into it I probably didn't pay for it and yeah. nobody knows no big deal no yeah. big deal but actually it might be a kind of a hook for me yeah. to go on and discover something else okay these are fantastic tips um, and we have some questions coming in so we're going to take a little really? break oh, okay. <laughs> um, if you have a question 51552 is the number to text um, maybe you are thinking of experimenting with a particular type of art maybe you're thinking of starting doing you know making something at home um, feel free to send us in your questions 51552 
Uh, coming up next, I've got music for years and years, and we will be talking more with Sinead Cathy Rice of the National Gallery of Ireland. Louise McSherry on 2FM. New from years and years, that is Crave on 2FM. I am joined by Sinead Cathy Rice, Head of Education at the National Gallery of Ireland. It is How to Be an Adult, and we are talking about art. And um, we've been talking about how to kind of dip your toe in if you're not someone who has in your life. Um, we haven't actually talked that much about, about the making, um, mm-hmm. but that's okay, because I suppose if you want to make art in terms of like, let's say, nuts and bolts, like painting, drawing, um, visual art, I suppose, uh-huh. at home, you know, you can really just buy the materials and start, can't you? You can, yeah. And I, th- But I would say, so there's a lot, like materials are really important. Like nobody builds a great house with crap bricks and whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I would say that absolutely applies to art as well. And we even at primary school level, even like even when you're teaching kids, I think it's important. Like they will see the difference if they're using really gorgeous yeah. pastels versus really kind of standard crayons or whatever. That's not to say you need really expensive materials, but it's just they do different things, you know. Yeah. If do you do a bit really of research, want, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If you want really vivid colour, then yeah, you need to think about that. But I mean, there's loads of way to start. Like there is, I can't think of anywhere in Ireland that doesn't have artists. They're like mushrooms. They just thrive <laughs> in this damp, miserable climate. <laughs> like I've got, you know, I mean, we used to go around the west of Ireland and you're, you know, you're going down a boring, there's nobody there and you'll see a little homemade sign that says, you know, art or pottery. It's or whatever true. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's everywhere. It's right? everywhere. Yeah. It really is. And the vast majority of these people are really happy if you knock in as well. Right? Yeah. But also any of the local arts authority art spaces, they all run classes like everywhere does this. Now, mm. obviously, um, there's a mix. You've got stuff for kids. You've got stuff for adults or whatever else. But I would say start uh, my my approach to it would be like having a look online as well. I mm. mean, I still I'm in the art world and I still find out the majority of what's happening through Instagram or yeah. through Twitter or whatever, like as in what's happening to go see shows or go yeah. see stuff that's yeah. happening. Right. If there's classes and stuff, also, is there a course or a college in your county or in the next county to you? Because if there is, a lot of them will run adult education classes as well. Mm-hmm. For maybe could be an eight to ten week art appreciation course or it could be a beginner's, in, you know, an introduction to pottery or whatever it is that mm. you're trying to get into. And then some of that, I think, gives you the confidence then to kind of continue it at home, maybe, because there's a bit of it as well. That's like, well, what what do you want to get out of it? Is it that you want to know more about art? Is it that you want to feel like you want to make something yourself? Because, I mean, ultimately, there should be joy or there should be something happening with yeah. it. And, and it. But it's OK, isn't it, if it's not about any of that, if it's just literally about the doing? Oh, yeah, totally, 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 totally. So, like, I mean, I sometimes make myself uh, paint or draw or print to and it's like a muscle memory thing to keep doing it mm. and actually sometimes I find the joy in it as I'm doing it, mm. it might, it's like it's like making yourself go for a run or something yeah. sometimes it's not always easy like yeah. and it shouldn't make, you know it's not necessarily designed to always be easy but there's also there's so many other ways to get into it so for one really easy way obviously is uh books on art, programs on art, podcasts on art, anything that's online, that kind of thing. That's yeah. an easy in and there's so many. Um, obviously, the National Gallery of Ireland do some phenomenal stuff, but there's lots of places beyond the National Gallery of Ireland. Like, so for example, if you wanted uh, the the spin to also be Emma say, so Emma coming from a more contemporary perspective, obviously on art, but then go beyond us. And there's so many art institutions around, like the RHA at the moment, so the Royal Hibernian Academy. Again, that's Dublin, but a huge amount of the content is online now for you to yeah. look at. They have their annual show you couldn't make up the di- the number of different approaches to 
making art that's in that show right now. Yeah. Like, and also artists that are at really various levels of their career are in there, you know. Yeah. And so something that speaks to me or like lifts me a bit or makes me think about something might not be for you at all. But yeah. that's kind of the magic of it. OK. Um, well, we have questions, so we better fly through these really okay. quickly um, because otherwise people will be waiting for their answers. Okay. Uh, Kleena says, this year I've taken up resin making. Thank you, TikTok. And that's actually another. I think TikTok has really exposed people to all kinds of different art. I'm going to for that. I don't know. <laughs> I am obsessed. Um, but this person says, I've taken up resin making and I'm bored of making basic things. How do I level it up so I move past a hobby and start calling it art? Okay, so one of the things I'd be thinking about is your inspiration or your resources. So a big thing for um, us when we were in college all the time was, uh, you know, if you only read one kind of book, then you'd only know that kind of book. Mm. But if you start opening your mind to other books, uh, I would say to that person to start looking like whatever, whatever she's doing with the resin. Um, to start looking at other people that are either working in that discipline or looking at other types of art that she is really into. Mm. So, for example, if it's three-dimensional art because she's working in resin or if it's a de- more design-based, find other artists um, online or wherever it is that are also making work either through resin or stuff that could be made through resin and then start thinking about how they're doing it. And I would always say... Um, like going for like going to places to get inspiration is huge. So whether that's the landscape or an urbanscape or going to a museum or something like that mm. and then thinking, OK, these are the ideas. How do I apply them now to what I'm doing? Mm. And then I would also be reaching out to like, I mean, when I was lecturing in art, when I was teaching, I was really happy for people to contact me and ask me how do they get more into studying or where can they go to, I suppose, improve their skills. Yeah. Like I say, you don't have to commit to a degree. You could be doing a part time course. Yeah. And it could be an online, a correspondence course. Okay. So those are ways to do it. And then I guess for most people, when it becomes, this is your your work, it's when you kind of make the call to quit or stop whatever the other work you was yeah. you were doing. And then you give everything to this. Okay. That's a brave move. Okay. I hope that goes well. Well, speaking of brave moves, uh, I'd love to buy some art, says this person from up and coming Irish artists, any steer and who I should look out for. Yeah, so this is deadly because I was hoping this came up. Um, for example, a couple of weeks ago, they had an art car boot out in Rusborough House in Blessington that I went to. And I mean, I bought a couple of pieces. The the cheapest piece, I don't want to say cheap, but like the, the most reasonable piece was 50 euro. Mm-hmm. And then um, the most I paid was 150 euro. Now I had a little, uh, a couple of uh, bills in cash so I couldn't go mad because um, I, I didn't want to go mad. But there was pieces of art, there was art out there that literally would have appealed to so many different people, but also at various different price points. Mm. I think it's really important to come back all the time that this is not just a conceptual thing. This is not just a theoretical thing. This is not just something people study in a degree of art history or whatever. If you're an artist, that's your life. That's your work. Your job. That's your job. And you live on that as well. And it's, I mean, it's a phenomenal thing to be able to support somebody doing that. Mm. Like the level of uh, effort and bravery and thought that goes into making work and for you to purchase a piece is phenomenal. So I would say one, especially like if you're, so if you're wherever you are, look for small artist shows that are happening. There's commercial galleries everywhere and commercial galleries do incredible um, work in terms of promoting I think also lesser known artists sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, so you can buy through a commercial gallery if there is an art college or school anywhere near you one of the major things you can do is look out for degree shows or master shows or any of those things one you're seeing work that is just at the beginning which is so exciting Mm. because it's somebody who's just starting out Mm. and that's a really exciting time to buy a piece of work from somebody as well but also 
they're not as expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're, if money is no object for you, then obviously commercial galleries are phenomenal. But also I would say if you found someone's work that you really like, whether you happened upon it, maybe it's in a restaurant hanging on a wall that you've seen in a restaurant or maybe you spotted online. There's nothing to say you can't approach somebody, like direct message them on Instagram or contact them through their website either and say, I'm really into your work or any of these pieces for sale at the moment. Because in my own experience, the, a huge amount of artists will have pieces that maybe they haven't gone through a gallery or yeah. whatever, but they're, you know, ultimately they want their work to go somewhere. Like what, what does it do if it's just sitting in a box yeah. or, you know, it, it wrapped up in a shed somewhere or something like that? They want it to live. They yeah. want it to be on someone's wall, giving them a bit of joy or yeah. providing a conversational point. Um, so... Uh, I would say definitely contacting people. Commercial galleries is a really obvious one. Any festivals usually have an art element as well. For example, um, the Wexford Opera Festival is about to kick off down in Wexford. There will be so many spaces that would be disused and yeah. they'll start showing art now as well, you know? Okay, great. And one final one before I let you go, because okay. I bet there are a lot of enthusiastic parents who have a question about this. My daughter is four and loves to play with paints and things. Should I be sending her to classes or is that going to ruin the fun? How do you foster an interest in art in your children? I think the same as anything, like just support it. So like, you know, whether it was GAA or art, I think it's the same kind of approach. I would never force anything. I think, again, having the tools there so that if the, you know, if the inclination takes you is a fabulous thing. And again, that idea of working with different disciplines. But classes can be fab. And again, most places run them. I'm really hoping that we're going to like so also as the world is returning to some sense of normality in-person classes are happening again mm. um, but kids are also so smart in terms of the online capacity that they have so I mean it's also you can look at obviously tutorials and translate them but for a four-year-old I think it's keeping that magic going and I would say absolutely something we try to do so much in the gallery is if you start young if you can get a child to feel this is my museum this mm. is my gallery I'm capable of this I'm comfortable here that stays with them through adulthood. Yeah. And we've also found, obviously, that can translate to parents where parents feel more comfortable yeah. or guardians feel more comfortable. But ultimately then, my hope would be that those kids, they grow up, their own kids feel more comfortable in this situation as well. Yeah. As an in, I would just say, like, for example, the Zurich Portrait Prize is about to kick off in the National Gallery and that will travel to Crawford in Cork, Crawford yeah. Gallery in Cork, so it moves. Portraiture is a brilliant way to start with art because it's looking at ourselves, it's looking at people. Okay. And I think anything that supports kind of engaging with identity also is an easy way in for people so that's I would say that's a good exhibition Okay well thank you so much for sharing all your expertise You're with so us welcome. That's Sinead Cathy Rice uh, Head of Education at the National Gallery of Ireland um, Thank you so much for thank being you. here today Louise McSherry on 2FM